Chaos Central. We were just talking uh, before we got on. It, m- way more interesting than we kind of thought it was, right? Like, uh, it is the division I'm probably least likely to turn a game on for. Uh, it is a division that I wonder if their teams were located somewhere that wasn't in the Central, that maybe they'd be more relevant across the uh, the baseball landscape. But, I, I, again, I didn't remember at all in 2020. The Twins won the division by one game over both the White Sox and Cleveland. Yeah, I, I also don't remember it being that close. Um, you know, the White Sox obviously are the story in, in the division. I think that's the team everyone is excited about. They had a better record than, like, the Yankees, the Astros, you know, the Nationals, some heavy hitter teams. Granted, it was a short season, but I I think that they are the team to look forward to uh, in this division. And I, I kind of wanted to just step back. Like, when you think of this division, like, historically, like, as you were brought up as a baseball fan, like, what what is your understanding of it? Because I, I have always found the AL Central to be just really boring. Like, whenever the Yankees would play an AL Central team and, you know, you go through the churn of following your team in the season. Yep. You'd get to an AL Central team and, like, you know, the game's, like, they're just I just I tuned it out. I, I never I never felt any sincere like animosity towards those teams. Um I never really cared about like what went what went on in those teams. Like it it, it just it just was always the division to forget for me. Yeah, I think that's one hundred percent true. I can't remember a World Series that should have had more historical significance but felt like it had none than the White Sox winning the World Series. Like, I don't remember what that drought was, but that was, like, almost a Cubs-like drought, and they broke it, and, like, it was barely a—I know, it it felt like it was barely a graphic on the screen. Like, it, it just didn't feel like it, it mattered to anyone. Uh, it obviously mattered to White Sox fans, but it, it feels—you know, when the Cubs have been overshadowing them for so many years, I don't know. And especially—the Royals in 2015, like, it, it, was, it was great to watch. It was— uh, that's about it. But I, I don't, I I don't know what else. Like, I agree. Sure, and, you know, they did I, it. I think the White Sox uh, also really suffer from the fact that the Red Sox had just broken their curse in 2004. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, so, okay, we're, yeah. we've had enough of curses. Yeah. Just get get us back to the favorites. We, we Give us a few years between the breaking of curses. We don't need that at all right now. As I said, as I took a look at, at these, you know, like teams a little bit more in depth, I, I like all of them in in their own way like there's there's something interesting about all five of these teams all right if you're gonna say a sentence like that we're gonna start with the tigers so tell me (laughs) what you find interesting about the tigers um so the you know the promise with the tigers is their three pitching prospects um and they're they're gonna ride those three guys all season pretty much uh matt manning Tarek scubal and um casey mize if any of those three project into the ace that you know their high-end projections show them as the tigers are looking like a different team uh than than, than we are projecting them I, I i will lay the scene though this is this is a bleak roster yeah it, it's that's what I, like when you look at the offense i mean jacob how many years is jacoby jones going to be able to ride this out it's really bleak and also i just i just have to say with jacoby jones uh, something very interesting uh, if you'll allow me to bring it up please so in 2018 Jacoby Jones had a 10.4 um, runs created on the defensive side, according to his Fangraphs war. The very next year, he had negative 11. So, wow. 
Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I mean, this this speaks to the the, the unreliability of defensive metrics. But That's exactly what I felt too. <laughs> so if anybody says anything about Jacoby Jones being a good defensive player, we don't know. I don't think we have no knows. idea. Yes. I mean, you com- you combine those two years, he's a perfectly average outfielder. Yes, yes, uh, I guess yeah. that's one way to look at it. They're, they, yeah, I mean, like, they that Miguel Cabrera is just, you know, we're riding that out as long as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, but, like... That is, okay, we gotta stop. It is a really, just a hamstringy contract. It It's pretty absurd, it's isn't it? It's so bad. It, like, they signed it in 2016, which, by the way, was his last good season... Every year after that since, he's been a below-average MLB player, okay? And he's been he's been earning $30 million a year. He will continue to make $30 million at least for the next three years. And get this, if by some miracle in 2023 he finishes in the top 10 of the MVP voting, the contract automatically vests for another two years for $30 million each. Oh, well, so I know what I'm what, rooting for. What I'm hoping is that the writers somehow collude in 2023, despite how bad of a season Miguel Cabrera is going to have. And vote for him on the MVP ballot just so the Tigers get stuck with him for another two years. I mean, I feel like there's a world where they could cut a deal with him. And, you know, he gives them uh, whoever votes for uh, Miguel Cabrera in the Hall of Fame ballot gets uh, X amount of money. Well, okay, let's take this a step further. So so if this happens, yep. every writer involved will, will, will get fired. And, and lose their ability to cover baseball forever, okay? But were so, they making money? It's a money play. It's not a— It is a money play. So so it's, it, the thing is how much, how many votes does does he need, how many writers does he need in his pocket to get him on the top 10 of the 2023 MVP ballot so he can earn an extra $60 million? He needs four first-place votes. I think if he gives four writers, like, $2 million each— Why wouldn't you do that? I would—if I was a writer, I mean, okay, look. I probably wouldn't because because I think there's just some there's some social ramifications that you would have from this. But theoretically, if that, Ryan Tapera can out. get a tenth place vote and nobody's gonna get fired for whatever, yes, Miguel Caprera can get four first place votes despite a forty six WRC plus and negative four WAR, whatever he's gonna put up three years from now. And you could you could say some dumb thing about how I mean it would really help if somehow he like fluked his way into 100 RBIs or something like that. Oh, that would and be bat, amazing. And batted Just, 300. Yeah, 84 sack flies on the year. They only bring him in when he there's a runner on third base to just try and inflate some stats. Yeah, honestly, if I'm the Tigers, I don't want to risk it. I'd probably just like bat him ninth all the time or like not play him. Like I, I you don't want that contract vesting because oh man, then you're you're screwed even more. That aside, I think I think the Tigers. Uh, I, I think I want to kind of group them with two other teams. Okay. Um, the Rangers and the Royals. I, I think those three teams kind of blew past their competitive window and are, are still feeling the effects of it. The, the Tigers in the 2000s had so many good teams, like teams good enough to win the World Series, and they never did it. Yeah. Not once. And, and they're paying the price. I would say that the Tigers had have have had several teams better than the 2015 Royals. Several. Absolutely. And they have nothing to show for it. They had Justin Verlander, Prime, uh, Miguel Cabrera, like several other players that, you know, like... and Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah, Scherzer. And, and they have nothing to show for it. Very and true. that is just the cruelty of, of, you know, like going for it in the sport like that. You know, they had Dombrowski as their, as their GM, obviously. These are the late game Dombrowski effects. Yes. And the Red Sox are feeling that effect right now, obviously. It, it's just... But, you know, they won a World Series, too, so I'm sure they can't feel too bad about it. If you're a Tigers fan, 
that's gonna suck yeah exactly you let you gave up everything and didn't get what the thing you needed and now i think this team has one of the bleakest prospects going forward of any team in mlb they don't have the prospects on the offensive side like they don't have that kind of star position player like you know the like the Orioles have Adley Rushman, like this kind of player that they can look at and be like, that's our future. Like, yep. yeah, you've got three good pitching prospects, but you know, what's a pitching prospect? And what is a Heimer Condelario going to do five years from now? Like there, there's just, you're exactly right. There's nothing yet. And, and it doesn't feel like, again, that they're really doing that thing that you expect bad teams to do, which is taking flyers for one year on veterans to deal with the deadline for prospects. Well, I mean, they did that to an extent, but they didn't do it in any kind of like significant way they signed wilson ramos robbie grossman and like these are these are pieces that could be moved but you're not going to get anything they signed wilson ramos they signed wilson ramos and he is projected to be their starting catcher um and that is uh that's a big mess for them so i i uh you know what good luck good luck to you tigers fans uh you'll get to watch him frame pitches and 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 do things um i guess but well said Yes, I, I, I don't I, I don't envy them, you know. All right, you, you had a pretty good natural transition there, and you, you lumped them in with the Royals. Why do you lump them in with—I mean, you explained why, but where do you think the Royals are right now compared to the Tigers? Well, the Royals, I think, are uh, not much better off. Um, Can I they, tell you they, something? Yes. I think they're way better off. I don't know why. I looked at the Royals roster and the lineup the other day, and I didn't hate it. No, I don't hate it either. I, I'm saying in terms of, like, their actual— their future outlook. Sure, yeah, this team is not built for four years, for two years from now. But but the thing is, they're they're going for it, man. Right. I, I think this like Dane Moore has said like this is he thinks this team is going to win a championship, or he thinks that they can't. I don't know if he's just saying that because it's like his job. But, but like, I think I think they're serious. Like I look at this, I look at the moves that they make, like. Signing, um, you know, like Carlos Santana, uh, Michael A. Taylor to a major league contract for some reason. Um, yeah. And trading for Andrew Benintendi, which is just, you know, kind of baffling when, you, when you're when you trading Franchi Cordero, who like, um, if if he's not better, he at least has some tools that you, you would be more excited about. Like Benintendi is already moving to a corner outfield spot. He'll probably be there permanently. And his offense uh, is coming off of like the worst season he's ever had. So... Um, I guess good for the Red Sox for getting something for for Benintendi in, in, under those circumstances. It was like an extreme sell low. Um, but I, I just don't understand it from a Royals perspective because they're not going to win. They're they're very clearly the fourth best team in this division. I would put them at the bottom half of teams in baseball, like pretty clearly. I, yeah, I, I I agree. And then don't forget Mike Miner too, who two years ago had an amazing season. I don't really remember what he did last year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the pitching staff is just like, you know, it it makes you, it makes you throw up in your mouth a little bit. It's not, it's not what you want to see. The bullpen might not be bad. The bullpen, there, there are some interesting pieces. I mean, there's a lot of like weird FIP stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and like people outperforming their peripherals, but you have like Josh Stamon who can like throw like a hundred miles an hour and have a microscopic ERA. Greg Holland was really good and he's back. On the, on the Royals for some reason. 
Uh, Wade Davis is also a non-roster invite, so that that'd be funny if he made the major league team. And Wade Davis and Greg Holland are pitching for the Royals in 2021. So, and then like they have power, they have Jorge Soler who hit 40 home runs. They have Hunter Dozier who I think can hit a ton of home runs. And then the contact and speed with Merrifield, Alberto Mondesi, Nicky Lopez is young. Carlos Santana is going to get on base, and they're still just so clearly the fourth best team in this division. Very clearly, um, I think. Uh, would people? Are, would you say people are disappointed by Modesty and his his development at this point? Oh, without a doubt, he just he, he's one of those guys that's totally electric that you would just hope would turn into something. You want him to be Francisco Lindor, and he's you know he's just not even close to that right now. Yeah, I mean, it should be said he is projected to have fifty five steals, which is hilarious. He's been in the major since he was nineteen too. He's only 25 years old. He was acquired in 2011. That's a long time. Yeah, so I, I don't feel great about the Royals. I I, um, I, I think uh, it's just not a really well-constructed roster. Like, it's not very smartly constructed. I think there are teams that are just, like, way better at this than, than Kansas City. And uh, that's unfortunate because, you know, they, they built, a, like, a really just electric team to watch in 2015 and 14. Like, like they sure that, did. That Royals team, I'm never going to forget it. I don't know when we will see a baseball team like that be that be successful. Like a team that is just, you know, contact and speed and, you know, bullpen and barely any starting pitching. Um, see a team like that win the World Series. I don't really know when we will see it again. Um, yeah. the, the remnants of that team, you know, obviously we mentioned Greg Holland and, and um, Wade Davis are back. But Alex Gordon retired. Uh, yep. Mike Moustakis is gone. Uh, Eric Hosmer awesome. is gone. Um, Salvatore Perez had a great season, actually. Um, I know. A 162 WRC plus, despite having a 2% walk rate. Um, I don't really know what will happen there. I don't yeah. know if he'll be able to keep 2% it up. 2% walk rate, my God. Yeah, a career low for him, but he's never been the biggest, biggest walker. No, he's a so, swinger. Yeah, I mean, I guess wait and see. Uh, I think, you know, like, maybe 71 wins is which is what they're projected for on, on Pakoda is... It feels like, low. It's harsh, yeah, yeah, but... They feel like they're five... It feels like they're more than four wins better than Detroit. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree All right, with that. cool. Let's pop over to Cleveland, who it doesn't feel like it's worth talking about. You know, I, I just... It's so frustrating. They, they just... They got worse. Uh, Pakoda still has them finishing in second, which is just annoying. Um, it... it they lost Carrasco. They lost Lindor. They still have Jose Ramirez. They still have Shane Bieber. Um, they have who arguably, you know, could have been the AL Cy Young and AL MVP last year. And they're they're on a team that it just sucks the living soul out of me to talk about them. Uh, I I don't know, man. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll win. They'll win more games than they lose. I I I looked this up. I was I, I was interested. Uh, do you know the last time Cleveland had a, a losing record? I mean, it must have been before. Was it 2015? It was 2012. They went. They actually, for some reason, played 161 games in 2015 and finished 81 and 80. So you're not far off. But uh, they have never finished under 500 in the Terry Francona era. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, a lot of that has to do with them. Uh, and you see it right here. Their pitching staff is just really good, and. and they're churning out players, and once again, they get rid of Carlos Carrasco, and they just have absolutely solid starters to replace them. Like Tristan McKenzie out of nowhere, Aaron Savale has been good, 
Zach Plesac, good. Uh, Shane Bieber, excellent, the best pitcher in baseball last year. Um, that's a good rotation. And Bauer's long gone at this point. Kluber's long gone at this point. Like, all these players. Clevenger's that, long gone. Yeah, that define this team. They're gone, and it's they still find a way to make this work. And I think my reaction to that is that I just find it really frustrating that they choose to operate the the way that they do with this in mind. Like, they have this this at distinct advantage, it seems to me, that maybe you can argue that the only the Rays have, but I would say for starting pitching, it's just it's just Cleveland. Who are I don't able feel to... like they have that reputation either. Like I feel like it's the like they are like Houston, you know, gets credit for like reinventing Garrett Cole and in Justin Verlander and turning them into which, you know, credit where credit's due, they did. But like what Cleveland does from a development perspective to bring up these aces. Aces. Yes. They're just they're just creating them out of it's not this is not an easy thing to do and they are they are making it seem like consistently easy for like almost ten years now they've just been able to consistently have a really good top of the league level yep. pitching staff and you know what do they supplant that with I think there's one stat or like one number that really like sums up the direction of this team there are no players on this roster that have a guaranteed contract in 2022. Eddie Rosario has a one-year deal. Roberto Perez, Jose Ramirez, Cesar Hernandez, they're all pl- club options, okay? And we don't, I don't really even know like what will happen to Jose Ramirez. They might not employ a single person in 2022, for all we know, because baseball is not a profitable sport. <laughs> that's what they've led, led us to believe, but I don't really know if that's the case. I mean, a $53 million payroll, it is absurd to me. Absurd for a team who's still projected to finish in second place and maybe make the wild card it's, game. It's just so infuriating. And I mean, like, yeah. okay, credit to them. Like, the the, the long-running joke in Cleveland has been that they've never had, like, an above-average outfield for some reason. Like, since Michael Brantley left, they've just, like, found it, like, Even completely Even before Michael Brantley left. Yeah, so now they got Eddie Rosario, who is um, uh, about as, like, representationally above-average outfielder type. You, you know what I mean? Like, he is... Just a good enough outfielder. Yeah, exactly. He'll be pretty good, and he'll he'll like hit well. He probably won't feel very well. He'll play a corner, but like there's there were so many free agents available, some some pretty impactful ones, and it's hard for me to believe that if they keep Francisco Lindor, if they keep Carlos Carrasco, if they strengthen the team, this is a contender. This Without is a doubt. this is this is a World Series level team, and I I just think to to pass that up for any sort of reason that is related to financial flexibility, it's not good enough. No, not at all. Never has been, never will be. And I'm sick of talking about it. Uh, Cleveland can go, I don't know, disappear. Just like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to watch your games this year. Get, get me something more. I, I agree. And, and But one one thing I should say is that um, Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez were traded to Cleveland for Francisco Lindor. Uh, you would think, you know, Rosario is kind of like the more, the player with the higher pedigree. He's projected on the bench, actually, which is kind of funny to me. So Behind Jimenez? Then, yeah. And then That's Jimenez, funny. Yes. So I, I think uh, Rosario, I mean, like, his defense is pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there, there is a, a decent chance we see him kind of move into an outfield position as well. So For sure. All right. Let's... Uh... Let's try and t- talk about these two top dogs at, this, at the same time. I think that there's a, a, lo- a lot of... A lot to be interested in. Uh, Minnesota and Chicago. Uh, Minnesota kind of at its peak, right? Like they are 
uh, so good. They have been so good. They lost Josh Donaldson, but they now have Andrelton Simmons, who or, who just, you know, he, he fills a, a big gap. Uh, if you believe it or not, Jorge Polanco hit four home runs last year. I was looking at his numbers. I don't, do you remember early 2019? It was He was in the MVP talk. He had like a 165 WRC plus in May, and everyone was like, is this guy the next Mike Trout? And it's like, he's already like 28 years old. No. Yeah. Uh, but so Jorge Polanco, it helps defense, which it never been great at, never been terrible at. They did turn a couple triple plays. But, uh, <laughs> I can't say that's indicative of a good defense. More indicative totally. of a slow offense. That, why isn't that on baseball reference, man? Your Amount plays. of triple plays turned. <laughs> That yeah, should that be should right be the there. number one stat. We, we, defensive statistics are so unreliable. Let's find a way to make them more reliable. Uh, it's, it should be. It's mostly just going to be either zero or, in rare cases, one. Sometimes yeah. two. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So the twins. I mean, like, what is it going to take for me and you to believe that this team can actually contend? Because I don't know about you, but right now, I assume that they're going to lose in the division series every single year. Right. So, so at this point, it is purely psychological i think it is purely psychological on this, them or on us both this is <laughs> this is an elite team okay this team is as good as the yankees i believe yeah. that i believe that on paper you would match them with the yankees and i would say they're better than the astros okay one of the best teams in baseball maybe they're missing a top line starter they don't have like a garrett cole type of pitcher but this is a roster that can win the world series and I th- I just think at this point, it, it feels like it's kind of like enter that NBA territory with like, you know, like people are just never going to pick the the Houston Rockets in the Harden era to win the NBA title because they Philadelphia never, 76ers. Yeah, they're never going to pick Giannis and the Bucks to make it to the it's 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 entered that level. It's it's kind of like the they need to prove it to me before I can before I can actually write it on paper. Um, but, um, but you know. I think baseball is that kind of sport where people look at the numbers and they trust them. And this is a great team. And I have no real reason to believe that they can't beat, they can't beat whatever team is put in front of them um, despite their, their history. Like, they've improved. They've gotten objectively better. And they were already one of the best teams in baseball last year. Yep. So I don't know what else to make of that. I think their offense is really strong. I think the fact that they have uh, Polanco on the bench is uh, great. Yeah. As opposed to being a starter, I think that's. No, uh, I think he's going to be starting a second. Actually. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they have. You think you think he'd start over Arias? Well, I, I think Arias is the guy who plays the position that the guy in, who has the off day has. You know, yes. he's a, I think he's a, he slots in much better in the Udall spot than the uh, than a Jorge Polanco. I, I think um, you know everybody is kind of wondering what this means for Williams Acedillo, but. We will see. Maybe maybe it's the last we've seen him on, of him on the Twins. So I sure I, hope not. That would be quite sad. An absolute we'll, unit. We'll see. And I, I think the uh, the pitching on this team is is pretty great as well. Like um, I, I mentioned, Maeda. Yeah, Pineda was was not terrible. You know, it, 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 like last year. And Hap. Okay, for everything, I don't like Jay Hap. Um, when he pitches in games, it makes me nervous, and I feel like he will give up a lot of runs. But you know he'll go five innings. He'll go five innings, and he and he is dependable. He's dependable. Yep. He's a dependable pitcher. Um, he's thirty-eight years old. What? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. He's thirty-eight years old. That's you know I, I didn't know that. Um, 
Wow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. I think this is the this is by far the best team in the division. I don't think the White Sox are there yet on this level. And um yeah, I think for them it really just goes to like now's the time, man. Like yep. if you're gonna win if you're gonna win the World Series, this is this is the time. And that's a scary thing for a team to look in the eyes, but I, I don't really know any other way to say it. Yeah, and, and the White Sox, uh, I I think uh you you compared last uh last time the the Blue Jays to the 2020 Padres, and and I don't think the White Sox are too far off that comparison either. I know they had the second best. They 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 both finished in similar positions in 2020, uh second in their divisions, made the playoffs, looked good. I think the Padres won a series and the White Sox didn't, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they lost uh, to Oakland. They lost to Oakland exactly. You know, you know, whatever. Three games, make of it what you will. But I feel like they're 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 very good, but I don't feel like they're great, and I don't know what I'm going to need to make them feel like they're great. Like I feel like we, for as good as Jose Abreu was, sorry, for as incredible as Jose Abreu was last year, do you feel confident we're getting that out of him this year? No, I don't. Um, but I think he will be probably pretty good, and um, that that's that's fine, really. Yeah, that's fair. And, and then, but then there's the question of to me. What's Nick Madrigal going to do at a major league level? What's Yoan Moncada capable of doing? Can Tim Anderson's BABIP really stay that high? That's the question I'm most interested in. He does it. It's two years in a row now where his BABIP is just insane. But I wonder, I with him, I think I, I am starting to lean on the fact that he's just a really good bat to wall guy, and he'll just sure he'll just have a high BABIP. Uh, I, I don't, I just don't think he's. Um, the superstar that a lot of people like kind of make him out to be just because he's like has a high batting average and you know i i, I don't believe in that but I, I do think he's a good player um i think moncada is kind of like the big x factor because he didn't have a great year last year he came off of like an excellent year in 2019 he was he was worth five and a half war and Oof. um that's what people were looking for like that that's that's what when he was in the chris chris sale trade that was his promise and he yep. lived up to it for a year and that was Really exciting, and I think I, I'm kind of willing to write off 2020 as kind of like a for, for this goes for pretty much every player. I, I'm kind of just willing to write it off if it breaks some kind of trend, or I'm I'm not going to prescribe it having any meaning. So um, my hope is that he is that kind of player again because I think he's a really exciting player. And, uh, and to I watch. think it's fair to say he's tw- he's Alberto Mondesi. He's 25 years old. He made his major league debut in 2016. He started playing regularly in 2018. He turns 26 this year. He has time to become a great player, and I think that's true about so many of these White Sox players. They're 25, 26. They, you know, I know we're seeing a ton of Juan Soto's and Ronald Acuna's, but like there are these guys who can maybe at 27 or at 28 just hit that that Definitely. peak. Definitely. And uh, I, I think, you know, we're talking about time in that way. And that, that kind of suggests to me that this is not the year. Yeah, and I tend to agree. I mean, it, it, what are we getting out of Michael Kopech? Does anybody know? No, but I, I don't, we don't know. But I, I do think that the rotation is such that there is not a lot that he needs to do, which is, which is kind of good. Because you think it, so? You trust Dylan Cease or Rodon? I do. I think they're, they're pretty dependable. Right. They're pretty dependable you know, starters at the back of a rotation. Sure. I think uh, Giolito and Lane and Keiko is a, is a really nice front three. I wouldn't want to go up against that in the playoffs. No, I wouldn't either. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, like, they, that this is a good roster. It's a well-made roster. Yeah. Um, they, they've upgraded in some key spots. They signed Liam Hendricks. Um, like, I remember last 
the, the one thing that kind of killed them in that, that Oakland series was that they didn't have the bullpen right. uh, after some of their pitchers got the early hook if they struggled. And I think, um, you know, Liam Hendricks alone maybe doesn't fix that problem. Um, so that could be something that they're missing, just more options from the bullpen. They just don't have that kind of, like, fire from the bench that great teams have. Like, they, they don't have... Like a like a like a really killer utility. It's a good point. Yeah, they're pretty light on depth. Somebody goes down. I, I'm not trusting this team. Yes, exactly. And it's it's a long long season, yep. and and you can expect something to happen. So I I just think that may be the thing that's kind of like not really making us as confident in this team, and um, and also the fact that you know Madrigal, Moncada, like we said, and uh, young. Robert, young young they're, young, they're they're young. Yeah, I mean, I think all of them are, uh, there's some question marks. There are question marks, but I like the team. I love the team. I, I'm, I'm excited to watch them play this year. I know I said I'm not going to watch AL Central games right at the top of this, but I am excited to watch the White Sox play this year. So they're projected to be worse than Cleveland. I don't understand how at all. I think it's probably just the pitching. I think it, I think um, the pitching depth for Cleveland is just like really Yeah, it is. But like, really good. G- again, Giolito, Keuchel, Lynn, that is... That's, that's great. Scary. That's no, scary. it's great. I think I think baseball fans, like at large, kind of just they want this team to be better than Cleveland, very badly. Um, yeah. But we, but we will see. We'll see what happens. I actually I do think they're kind of close. I do think they're pretty close. Um, I hope so. I hope they. Uh, I I'm rooting for them to to upset the Twins and win the division. I'll I'll say that. I uh, you know that'd be cool. I I just don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll is, but I I'm rooting for it. All right. So thing we're doing. Uh, we both brought five Cleveland team names here. Cleveland's going to be changing their team name from the Indians to an indetermined name right now. Um, I, uh, when you brought this up, I found myself on you know the Cleveland subreddit. I find myself not knowing anything about Cleveland whatsoever, except that there's a sign that says Cleveland in Cleveland somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know anything about it, but uh, I learned a lot about what seems like a city that's proud of itself. Uh, yes, and I've got I've got my five. You have yours. I've got five. So there's the tired answer, okay? The the spiders. Yep, okay? I didn't include that. I I think it's a fine name. Sure. I think it's a it's it's a perfectly decent baseball team name. If they go with it, they will sell merch. They'll have like a spider mascot or whatever that looks like. And that would be creepy. I'm not a fan. I didn't think about the mascot. Don't like it. I think uh, we should consider the uh, as a name. Okay. The the Cleveland baseball experience. It's very very zen. Um, they would have the abbreviation CBE. Band band. And that's what I was going for. And so, okay. so then you have Cleveland be kind of like the chill team um, of of MLB. One thing I think that baseball doesn't have as much is that, at least in modern baseball, teams don't have like reputations enough. Do they in other sports? In in soccer, it's a big thing. Uh, okay. I would say, in I think in the NBA, it's kind of a big thing too. Like like based on playing styles and and like the cities and like how teams are. Like, I think teams have like just vibes. Like the Yankees have a vibe for better or worse. They have a vibe. And I'll give you that the my like the Miami Heat have a vibe. Yeah, the Heat. I mean, like like for you know, for instance, like the Grizzlies have a vibe. Like they're they're yeah. like, okay. like I hear you. I hear you. And that's just like a mid market team. You know what I'm saying? So like, yep. just make Cleveland like kind of like the chill baseball capital of the sure. world. That's what I'm saying. That's All right, it. next. So the big thing that categorized that that, that that you know like defines this offseason for Cleveland is obviously trading Francisco Lindor, the of best course. player that they've had 
ever. Man. Not ever, but in the last day, last 20 you know, years. You know, yeah, in the last 20 Since years. Jim Tomei. Sure, yeah. Like, just one of the best players they've ever had on their team. That relationship has been frayed for a long time. I remember, like, extension talks, like, being leaked out, like, like five years ago. I think, you know, maybe Lindor has been jonesing to get out of Cleveland for a long time. That's my, that's my okay. subtle hunch, okay? One way to correct that relationship is to name your team after him. The Cleveland Lindors. He would have to play for this team for the rest of his life. Make him the mascot. So do you do it before or after you sign him? <laughs> I think... <laughs> because if it's before, I mean, like, that is a compelling move to put out into the public to try and draw a free agent. And I'm surprised more teams don't do it more, right? Like, the, the New York Coles. Even temporarily. Like, you know, just, like, just name your team after this guy. Put his, fa- put his face everywhere. Like... I think teams just generally should be way more blatant about their advertising campaigns to get players to come. Because then, like, if they name the team the Cleveland Lindors and Lindor signs somewhere else, what a dick. He looks so <laughs> he looks so ungrateful. This team named their team after you, and you won't even play for They went through the whole copyright process. They're, they did so much. They changed make everything. Sure. They changed everything. They changed the name of the state. It's Lindor Field. They killed that sponsorship. Yeah, wow, what a dick for not, yeah, for going to the Mets. All right. So that's that's one option. All right. I also, okay, my fourth option, can we just get another Sox team? Cleveland Blue Sox, let's just, let's Blue. just do it. Let's do it. You know, I mean, I thought about it. You like have to change be, everything. Sure. Why not, man? Okay, okay. Good point. I don't feel, I don't feel too strongly about this, but I'm just like, you know, there's only two. Let's get more. Let's get more, let's get more. Uh, Isn't Black Sox more? I, I know it's like the White Sox, but like, I don't know. I think Black Sox has too much baggage. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair, but it's the best color to go with socks. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. I'm wearing black socks right now. You know what? I am too. That's and really you're and you're trying to tell me that it's the blue socks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, go, I, I don't love these socks. I don't love these. Socks. I'm just wearing them. You know, okay, it's, yeah. it's, okay but yeah, but, but you I, love I, your blue socks. I got. I love my blue socks. I have a couple pairs. They're they're great. So, <laughs> so I think if they name themselves the Cleveland Blue Sox, you know. That opens more Sox themes. Jeff Sullivan agrees with you. And then I think my fifth option, um, it's a little defiant of the exercise. Are we sure Cleveland deserves a baseball team? Just get them out. Move them somewhere else. That's my fifth option is just. Wow. Where would you move them? And what would you name them? You know, Portland, Austin. Any of these are compelling areas to me. You send the baseball team to Portland, though. You have to tell what's their team name. Are they the Portland Blue Sox? They're probably just the Portland Blue Sox. Yeah, the Portland Blue Sox, the yeah, Portland Portland anti-fascists. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think, um, you know, we take it for granted. Like, there are some sports where there are sizable American cities that don't have, don't have sports franchises. And maybe just because of the way that Cleveland has operated, maybe they don't deserve one. They'll be fine with the Browns. I don't think they'll miss. Cle- I don't think they'll miss this. The team Browns have the Browns have never disappointed once. No, <laughs> never. If there's one thing I know, it's that the Browns have never disappointed. All right, let me give you a few of mine. I tried to. I tried to think about it. And also, by the way, I don't know if your Lindor's thing was a, was at all based on the Cleveland Naps. Oh, I have. I've heard of this, but that was not what I was thinking about. Yeah, I. I, I just remembered that while looking at like their the, the team's history. Like that, they named their team after Naplejoy because he was so. I have no idea if that's how you say it, by the way, but uh, because he was so good for so many years, from 1903 to 1914, wow. they were the Cleveland Naps. They had a 5.15 winning percentage, which is a better winning percentage than they have as the Indians. So, <laughs> I think the Lindors might be the way to move. And to be honest, my fifth option, 
was based off of the Naps as well, except instead of the Lindors, I think they should be the Cleveland LeBrons. Oh, no. If, they're, if we're really going to name it after the— if I'm trying to go after the best things Cleveland has to offer with my uh, my names here, and is there anything better than that they've ever had than LeBron? No. I mean, I, that's tough competition. That's, like, you know, arguably the best basketball player ever, like arguably one of the best athletes ever. Um, and he happens to come from Cleveland. So I, I think, you know, it might be a little tough when he's not playing for a Cleveland team right now. It might bring him back to the Cavs. Again, like Lindor. What a dick for not signing with, you know, they named their team after LeBron. He better come play for... Maybe they want him on the team. Maybe they want him to play baseball. I don't well, know. I haven't Le- fully... Le- Le- LeBron's been through Cleveland hating them or him already, so that I don't know. That is very true. Um, but I think it also, you know, there's the, the reasonable question of if you name your baseball team after a basketball player, that says something about how much you value your sport. Fair so. enough. Okay, fair enough. All right. I got some more names here. I'll go in, in order from favorite to least favorite. So I started, again, I was lurking the Cleveland subreddits. I was Googling what is Cleveland known for. Um, And Lake Erie is a big one. They're really, they're right on Lake Erie so that they they got that kind of Chicago uh, Great Lakes vibe. Uh And I I just took it to, I took Erie to mean spooky. So I I came up with some spooky team names. Uh, And the best that I came up with, I think this is a really good team name. The Cleveland Bats. It's a okay. bat holding a baseball bat. Oh my god! And it's it's kind of spooky, like eerie, and it's <laughs> it's a bat. It works on two levels, except the first level isn't isn't really working, but the second level it definitely works. I'm um, okay. So so there's a case study. What do you think of the Brooklyn Nets? I could do without it. Yeah. So this is just that. That's what it is. It's no no no. But the, but the. It's not like their logo is also a net because a net's not an animal. <laughs> Thank you for that piece of information. Yeah, in case no. you forgot, there's no net animal, but a bat, a bat, it's it's a it's a nocturnal bird. It is not a bird. It's not That's a bird. A, okay, yeah, that, it's not a bird. It has wings. I just call everything that has wings a bird. <laughs> Very crucially, is not a bird. I don't react the same way to seeing a bat that I do when I see a bird. Um, no, yeah, no, not at all. But I, you know, it's cute. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take you. Yeah. All right, number two, sticking with eerie meaning spooky, the Cleveland Ghouls. Uh, sure, I have nothing man. else to say. Yeah, I sure, mean, like, man. there are no spooky team names. We don't have any teams that are like the the Denver Skeletons or the the Big Sky Haunted Houses or whatever. I don't know. We need more spooky team names. Uh, Spooky's. I mean, like, it's its own market. Like, what are you going to do? All right. Yes. I, I think a lot of that has to do with, like, um, just just the way, like, teams per, portray. Like, did, did you see what the, the new Seattle NHL franchise is called? The Kraken. The Kraken. Like, that's a, that is a fucking horrible name. Yeah. You know it's I mean? not great. It's, like, it's too, it's leaning too hard into we are stronger than you. Yes. And, and I think, like, that that team name was made solely with the idea of like how that team's social media account would oh like, yeah like i don't disagree like, like yep it's not a good team name but like they're gonna have plenty of catchphrases and like cool graphics at their state like i think that's probably what they care about and then yeah. they, they, they they neglected to look at the fact that their name sucks yeah it's it's awesome for marketing and but it, you're called the kraken uh all right cleveland rock and roll hall of fame right <laughs> big yes. thing there Uh, who, according, when you Google father of rock and roll, 
who's the father of rock and roll? It's Chuck Berry, right? It's Chuck Berry. The Cleveland Berries. You know what? I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Does it matter that Chuck Berry himself is from St. Louis? Not one bit. No. They are called the Cleveland Berries to honor Chuck Berry in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't hate that. We have an NBA team called the Utah Jazz. Um, that's fine with me. Every pitch, every reliever has to come into a Chuck Berry song. Uh, and last one, uh, you learn a lot when you Google Cleveland. The 1969 Cuyahoga River burning? Jesus. So this river was so polluted that it was able to catch on fire? So the Cleveland Flames. We've already got Calgary Flames, which I, I understand, but I think it's a good team name. A lot you can do with it. Uh, kind of keep the same color scheme. Maybe add some fiery, saturated yellows and oranges to it and, and get some cooler uniforms in there. Um, Cleveland Flames. Two things. Okay, I'm getting Kraken vibes, okay? Like too much, too hard leaning into the, the, the thing that's ever, that wins? Yes, like I stronger. Yes, we're gonna like I don't know burn you or like some some shit like that. Like it, it's something like that. I think you know that might be a traumatic experience for the city of Cleveland. And they probably okay, don't that's want, a good point. Yeah, they maybe they don't want to relive even, that. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to relive that. Oh, okay, yeah. Cleveland as as a whole, I just have to say, has some terrible sports names like Cavaliers and, and Browns. Browns. Yeah, like, come on. Like, Nobody, nobody's ever wanted there's that. There's a lot. There's a lot riding on, the, on what they name themselves. Uh, we can agree on that because they'll be they'll be saving the city in a way. And I hope that the rest of the city follows. Like I wish, I almost wish Cavaliers and Browns were offensive terms so that they could have a reason to change their names because you just don't see sports teams changing their names anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, we've had two in two years, not for good reasons. Uh, no, exactly. But like, I don't know like feel free rebrand guys like what's stopping you you make a ton on merch maybe you lose fan loyalty like the rays could change their name yeah who they kind of did they took a word away i'm saying they they could literally do it again they could just show up next year with like purple jerseys they are the team i would most expect to do it and i'd be fine with it the manta rays or something you know sure no one no one would care they could be the eels and no one would care as long as they're a Underwater creature. I think everything will be fine with it. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, you wanted to join the club or you want to get into projections? Uh, let me, let's get it out of the way. We should end with the projections, I feel like. Um... And just as a reminder, uh, the rules of join the club. We're adding a player to every team uh, that we just think would be fun. That would be a good fit. Uh, okay, so we'll start in the order that we went. The Tigers. Um, okay. I'm looking at that team. I don't see a lot going well. But... If I had to pick something that was strong, it would be the pitching, uh, both in terms of its um, potential, obviously more so than what it is currently, but they have some like reliable, dependable arms like Matthew Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, Jose Urania has been kind of like a, you know, sometimes reliable MLB pitcher. So I, I looked at their outfield and it's pretty, it's pretty bad, especially it's like, it, it's pretty bad, especially defensively, like Nomar Mazzara, Jacoby Jones, who we, we just referenced. Robbie Grossman. We don't know what the hell is up with Jacoby Jones. Anything he's, could be up with Jacoby Jones. He's projected to play center field, which is not great. So I, that got me thinking, someone who's currently a free agent, Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, might be perfect. a good for this team. Perfect. A lot of room out there um, in, in uh, Comerica. So I think we could probably get a lot of highlight plays out of that. Which I'd love. As would I. I, I like how practical you took this approach. Yes. I mean, because, you know, like you mentioned last time, you could just add Mike Trout to every team and they just become 10 wins better. And uh, that's no fun. 
No, exactly. Jackie Bradley Jr., also perhaps, maybe he's a mentor to Daz Cameron, and we get some more out of Daz Cameron, because who wouldn't want Mike Cameron's son to be good? So for the Tigers, I I felt similarly about the outfield. Um, I kind of went a different route, right? A young team, uh, maybe a lot to learn still, uh, and, and maybe there will be some of those young offensive guys. Uh, I think we go, and, and we, I went a little uh, untraditional here, but I think we bring back Adam Jones. I think Adam Jones would, uh, he, he definitely couldn't play center field, maybe put him in left field, but uh, I think the, the just the vibe he could bring to the Tigers, phenomenal. I, I think he'd be a really good fit. Adam Jones, playing in Japan, right? Yep. That's right, he's still in Japan. He's, he's got one more year on his contract with the Oryx Buffaloes. That's and let's bring him back to play in Detroit, just like he always dreamed. I do love Adam Jones. Uh, would, would be great to see him back in MLB. Very much agree. All right, uh, Kansas City, I, I feel like I got a guy here who, who we, we talked about it earlier. Th- this staff leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and, and in tradition with a kind of uh, just a, a boring vibe that the, the, the Royals have kind of always brought to baseball. I apologize if that's offensive. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. I love to see Kyle Hendricks throw an 87 in Kauffman Stadium, just wiping hitters out, pitching seven innings with 80 pitches, and uh, maybe helping this team do a little better than we thought they could. So, you know, they say about coma victims, okay, that... Where could this go? That that when they're in a coma, they live another life. They have memories and emotions and just attachments to Tony a Soprano and uh, Kevin What's-His-Face. I haven't seen Sopranos. So that's one of my biggest flaws. But So I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. For everyone listening, it's a great reference, and I know you agree. I feel like I have seen Kyle Hendricks have a career on the Royals. Exactly. Right? Like Isn't I've it so perfect? It yep. Yeah, I've, I've, that is great. That's perfect. Uh, I think for the Royals, for me, I'm going to go based off of something that Dayton Moore himself said. In the offseason, okay. when they signed Carlos Santana, he said, we are looking for that middle of the order power bat. Okay. And I think he fucked up. Carlos Santana Ooh. was not the guy he was looking for, okay? Carlos Santana lost a lot of power last year. His exit velocity dropped. Granted, this is all a very small sample. I know I said like earlier in the podcast I wouldn't you know, describe <laughs> these trends. But when it comes to these, you know, these kind of trends where people's like actual ability to put the ball in play hard, like that's going down. That troubles me. Without a doubt. And I think the guy he was probably looking for is Marcelo Zuna. He was looking for Marcelo Zuna. He's younger than Carlos Santana by like a significant margin. And, um, you know, if the Royals were trying to compete the right way, they would add players who are better than... Carlos Santana, like Marcelo Zuna. So that's what I'm, that's what I got to say. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Cleveland, I imagine we have the same pick here. Uh, I'm not sure if, if you decided to go the same route, but I think there's one guy who, like, if you really look at it uh, from an objective perspective, would just make this team so much better in 2021. Um, it's Francisco Lindor. Yeah, no, it's him. It's him. Um, I think... <laughs> no, no. Francisco Lindor, he's great. They should. They should have. They should have kept him. Yeah, they, they should. should uh, <laughs> they should. If if they can get him, they should. Is what think, I'll say. Do you think they should look into a trade? 
I think they should consider it. They should. I consider think they it. have the, the the pitching depth to get a guy like Lindor. They have guys like Tristan McKenzie, maybe even Cal Quantrill. Uh, I I think they could really package some guys up and make a deal for a guy who is a superstar in our game. Yes, a, just a, a great player, uh, electric. Um, you know. And I think the fans would love him. I, I, I think, think the, the fans, fans would him. really love him, and they might even already have his jersey. I feel like he'd he'd be he'd be very likable alongside Jose Ramirez. I feel like they'd be friends. I, I think um, they'd get along great on the left side of the infield. And one thing they could do to to like really drive this idea home is become the Cleveland Lindors. They could do that. I'm gonna still I'm gonna still rally for that. I think that's a great idea. It's not too late, you know. Francisco, no, it's definitely Francisco not. Francisco Lindor is gonna be playing for a long time. If you want him back on your team, this is a good way to do it. Agreed. What do you got? I said, and, and you know, you said that this that Lindor would make them a much better team. That is true, but granted that that ship has sailed. He's not yeah, coming back. Yeah, uh, bridges burned. I think JTL Realmuto like literally makes this team a World Series contender. Oh, I don't disagree. Like if if he if he is on this team catching instead of Roberto Perez, like yeah, that is a that's huge. A, that's lift. a tremendous team, and um, he's like the one thing that they say about Perez is that he's great with the staff and he's a good framer. Realmuto is also those things, but he also is like. One of the better offensive players in baseball yep. alongside that. So I, I think, um, you know, you can imagine a world where a team that has a payroll like as low as Cleveland does signing a player like Romuto, but we didn't even consider them doing that. No, never. Not even not even a bit, even though they are in perfect position to do that kind of thing. They have a, a good team with young, controllable talent, yep. and they have the space for big free agent signings. And they've just chosen to do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, so that's disappointing. Agreed. White Sox, um, I struggled here. I I, I don't know. I, I guess I went the, the practical route. I went the Taiwan Walker route a little bit, if you will. Um, I, I'm not I'm not as high on the staff, I think, as you are. I think I, I trust the one, two, three a lot of Lynn, Keuchel, and Giolito. I don't think I'm crazy about uh, what Kopech, Cease, and... Uh, Carlos Rodon are going to deliver. I I don't know. I'm not too confident. So I think just uh, get that depth. Do what the the Blue Jays are doing. Make sure you have guys uh, who you know if something goes wrong can come in. And this is now that I say that out loud, a terrible example of a player like that. Uh, but I think the White Sox should just go ahead and sign James Paxton. <laughs> I think it, why not take the flyer. Take, see what you can get out of him. Maybe it's one inning. You won't lose too much if it's one inning. But if it's a lefty who's throwing ninety four and with with cut and a curveball, I mean, like, you guys might be five deep. He had a really short, short season with the Yankees. He pitched twenty innings, and um, but I don't think know, he got above ninety one miles an hour. That is obviously the main concern, um, but. He still struck out 11.5 per inning, uh, and he had the same walk rate that he had the year before. Uh, elevated home runs. Um, There's a big difference between his ERA and his FIP. I mean, like, obviously, teams know this stuff, so yep. there's got to be something. There has to be something. So I'm just surprised, like, what do we not know about James Paxton? Because I feel like just a couple years ago, he was a lefty throwing 100 miles an hour, which is, like, as a starter, is really rare. So, yeah. Agreed. What do you got for the White Sox? Okay, so when I look at the White Sox lineup, I see two things. They're really young, and there's a lot of righties. And okay. there, there is one—this pains me to say this because, uh, you know, this is, this is hurtful. There's one 
particularly experienced left-handed outfielder on the market. His name is Brett Gardner. And I feel like... What does he do that Adam Eaton doesn't? Well, I mean, Adam Eaton's going to start because he's a better hitter. Okay, fair enough. But Gardner is a better fielder than... Maybe not Adam Engel. He's probably like not as good as Adam Engel fielding. But he can. I think he can hit better than Adam Engel. And like I said, veteran leadership. And you know what? From all accounts, Adam Eaton is kind of a dick. Really? I mean, from all Chris Sale accounts. And yeah, yeah. Also, he has that weird beef with Todd Frazier too, which is like kind of strange. But yeah, uh, I, I just think that would be a nice signing for this team. Like I said again, I see a lot of right-handed talent as well. Then it'd be, it'd be good to break that up, maybe. And it would all, you know, another team that has a lot of right-handed talent that could use Brett Gardner to break that up? The Yankees. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Something I just found out that I'm just going to break out here for a little bit unrelated is uh, Ken Giles was a free agent. Ken Giles had Tommy John in October, so he's missing the whole season. You knew this? I did. And did you know Ken Giles is now a Mariner? No. That was about 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago? Yeah. For uh, 2022, I guess, is what they're looking at. They look, they love the guys who don't pit, play for a year, a la Mitch Hanniger, and then come back, and you don't know what you're going to give them. Well, that's the Mariners' window. 2022, here we go. Here we go, 2022, it's the Mariners. <laughs> I don't even want to look at their roster resources. Me neither. I don't want to think about it one bit. The Twins the twins are stacked. There's no way. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the, the only place I felt less than confident was the bullpen. And uh, to be honest, I might be underselling it. Uh, Taylor Rogers closing, Hansel Robles, uh, and nobody else that I really knew too well. Um, Alex Colomay. And Alex Colomay, right. They are maybe three to four deep in the starting rotation, too. I don't know. I don't trust Devin Smeltzer to give me as many innings uh, as, I'd, as I'd want from another starter. But I think we turn this bullpen into a powerhouse uh, and I think the Twins should make a trade. I, I don't know if if uh, this team would go for it. But I think the I think the Twins should try and get Nick Anderson. I think he would be absolute. I know he got shelled in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. But we know what he's capable of doing. Uh, I think he would just be an absolute electric right-handed option to counter Taylor Rogers's left-handed option to come out of that pen and close games out, especially in the playoffs. I think. The way, probably the way baseball is going, that teams are probably less inclined to trade for Nick Andersons, and they're just more inclined to take their chances creating Nick Andersons. Fair enough. For that reason, I, I agree with you. I think the pitching staff is is kind of like where I, I like offensively. This is an excellent team, without um, a doubt. No holes. Even, even their rotation is really good. They just don't have that top level ace. And I think Barrios could be that guy too, but maybe not yet. He could be, but I, I think I'd be more comfortable with him starting a game two for me in a playoff sure. series. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, they don't have a lot of money on the books this year. I think maybe they could have tried to sign Trevor Bauer. Who? And I think that yeah. would have made this team pretty good. And it it it's, it would have been kind of like what the Dodgers are doing, which are, which are like these short-term kind of deals. So, like, it would be front-loaded yeah uh, maybe he makes 40 million like he's making with the Dodgers now but then he has like maybe an opt-out or something like that and um it, it I feel like it would just be good to have for them and it would make me feel more confident with them going up against the Yankees the Dodgers the Padres uh the Mets yeah they're just they're so good but they're not those teams yet yeah and I I think uh that's that is what they're missing that ha- has to be it another good round to join the club 
let's uh let's knock it out let's finish it up let's uh how's the you tell me 2021 what's the order of this division okay so very obviously i think the the, the tigers will be last yep i do think the royals like just stay tuned like they they probably will come in fourth but like if something weird happens with one of the other teams they could come in third i, I think fourth place is probably right for them yep i want to pick cleveland here but i'm gonna pick chicago at third. Oh. And, and then i think cleveland will come in second just because I, I think the pitching depth is like i'm just really impressed by it and okay. uh, in a way that like kind of shocked me before i took a look at all this and and now i'm just like how do they have like like most teams in mlb would trade for this rotation yep they would they would want this rotation on their team like a select few like i could maybe name like four or five that would be fine with theirs um and that's that's not insignificant so uh i think that will that will be something to look forward to yeah and then the twins like we said it's they're they're stacked but it really just is a matter now of getting to that next level so you're Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, Kansas City, Detroit. Yes. All right. I uh, I want to be more original, but uh, I, I gotta for the sake of winning, I gotta go with what I think, uh, which is yours, but swapping Chicago and Cleveland. I I, I think it's fair. I, I mean, like, there's part of me that really wants to put the White Sox atop the division, and I think it's actually a pretty decent possibility. I I, I really think that they're a good team that that are. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think they are ready now. Um, but uh, the Twins are just so good. Uh, it's got to be Minnesota, Chicago, Cleveland, Kansas City, Detroit. But I'll throw a little caveat in there and say that the White Sox will make the ALCS and the Twins will not. You know I love that. Um, you know, this gets to the uh, to the the thing with making predictions, right? Like, if you if you think there's a chance for something to happen, but you don't find it likely, why the fuck does it make sense to predict that will happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you only do it, yeah, just to be different, and then it doesn't work out, and then you just stand there wishing that you would have done what you did the first time. Yes, I've exposed the secret of, of sports media takes everywhere, so unfortunately. Yeah, but here, it won't stop me from still having a, having a 12 seed in my elite eight bracket this year like, there's no stakes here man. exactly yeah <laughs> uh cool yeah that's all i got that's all i got too see you for the the west oh man i can't wait i don't even know what to say i don't want to i don't want to talk about the angels being a potential second place team but here we are talking about the angels finishing in second place this year they'll come in fourth don't worry i oh, <laughs> i sure hope so <laughs> it's your boy kanye chitta shut down what's going on I drink a boost for breakfast, an insure for dessert. Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. That right there could drive a sane man bizarre. Not to worry, Mr. Ace to the Ezel's back to wizard.